this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. And I'm honored to stand as a messenger for you. Understanding the day, the time, the hour, and the messages that you give to me. Lord, I ask that each ear that hears the word of God today believes. And they not only believe, but Lord, that they guard their vessel, especially their mouths that it does not speak against you. I ever so pray your will be something that we truly understand and walk in. And that we align ourselves completely with you. not being outside of what you are desiring, but to be inside of it and really understand what you're saying. I look at when your son performed the first miracle. And it's not just that first miracle, but it's everything that was done thereafter. And as I call out that first miracle, Lord, when his mother asked of him to tend to the need of those who was at the wedding, and Jesus literally said, my hour and time had not come. Many of us miss and fail to understand what he's saying in this particular passage as if he's literally pushing the woman off and literally saying no. But there was a time in which things were set in order. And the things that were set in order had to be done at that particular time. And so even as I look, I'm reminded of your cross and the mighty work that was done by your son. But I'm also reminded of your word that you said that we would do even greater things And the only way that we can do greater things is to understand who we are in you. And so today, as I pray and I believe and I trust and I rely upon you, I ask that you show us who we are. Not only who we are, but what we are called to do. 
And as we begin to embrace our identity, that your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I sit back, and as I listen to the word that the Lord was sharing with me, I found myself in a position to whereby I was focused in on Luke 4. And I don't know how many times I've looked at Luke 4, and I've seen something different, but this time, the Holy Spirit literally showed me down, slowed me down just enough to stop to pay attention to what was written. Many of us know is Jesus being forced to go into the wilderness to really see what temptation really looked like. And so as I was looking at this particular passage, 40 days of intense temptation. Intense. I don't think I can get through one day of intense temptation. But 40 days of intense temptation. And so as I began to look at the intenseness of the temptation, it was everything. But what really stood out to me was something had to be said to really hit the first temptation. Because if you stop to look at the first temptation, it speaks to something that could have come up in conversations with the disciples. And so, because it speaks of the soul. Because we never stop to look at it. And so, as I was looking at these three temptations, I said, Lord, you need to break them down so that I can understand clearly what these three temptations look like. But before I get to the three, I want to talk about the second. He took him on a high mountain and showed him the kingdoms. And in showing him the kingdoms, many of us misinterpret that. When he got to see all the kingdoms, it was just one he was focused on, the kingdom of God. Yeah, the kingdom of God. And so they, as he showed him the kingdom, he in return was saying, don't go to the cross. I can give it to you right now. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to suffer anything, but I can give you this kingdom now. But what really rocked me and made me stop to think, every single one of us is after the kingdom. 
stop. And in every single one of us being after the kingdom, he's trying to get you to get the kingdom his way and not go through the things that you have to go through to obtain the kingdom. He's presenting the easy way out for every single body. And every single one of us sometimes seeks the easy way out. Because it's easy just to take it his way. Exactly. We don't want to go down the long road. But I love the first one is in him showing him the kingdom. You could see it. So we would see he showed him the kingdom in all the way. He knew what kingdom he was after. He knows what kingdom you're after. But he's always going to display all these other little small little kingdoms because many of you are after your own little kingdom to build your own empire. And not realizing your empire is not strong enough to survive with your own personal wisdom. You can build whatever, but it's not going to sustain because without the wisdom of God, it's not going to exist. I had to stop in the middle because it got me so hard. <laughs> but let's take a look because I think if we look, we will see what God is trying to get us to see and to see it from a whole different standpoint. I love the, the first one too. So when he took him and, and he began to recognize that he was starving. He was at a place 40 days. Now we know 21 days of fasting does something to you. It shrinks you, right? But 40 days, okay, 40 days, starvation is setting in. So he's at that point to where starvation is setting in on the inside of him. And that starvation that has set in is now something that is about to take his life. And then he looks at him and says, wow, you who you are? So you're going to let starvation destroy you? And then he goes on to tell him, to the extent, you being the son of God, can't you turn these stones into bread? So he's dealing with his power and authority. And he's dealing with his identity. You're supposed to be the son of God. And you about to starve to death. Wow. And the Lord literally said to me, when you look at the first one, who are you? What do you confess to be? What you confess to be It's what you must stand up under.
But some of us don't even confess to be nothing because we don't know who we are. But a lot of times we confess to be things in the natural sense because we don't understand who we are from a spiritual sense. But let's go through the scripture because I don't know who's reading for me. So I was trying to figure out. <laughs> so I'm stalling trying to figure out where we at. <laughs> and I see him moving and playing with things. So. And then I love the last one. And I begin to look at that one. It's a twist of words. If you being the son of God, okay? Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Well, dead or yet, the third one is so awesome because if you stop to look the way the third one falls, the third one is literally saying something as simple as this. The third one is that you're looking at the third aspect of the word, and then you're looking at it, and he's literally saying in that third one, remember his angels giving charge over you unless you dash your foot against a stone? So he's looking at that third message, and he's saying, oh, come into your glory. Go stand on the top over here and show everybody who you are. Okay? So he's enticing him to go up on this place and stand to show everybody he is. So he says, I am Lord, I am God, to stand up there. Because that's going to get you your greatest glory. That's where Israel will all see who you are and you're king. But be careful as you fall. And many of us have taken that stand. We stand on these high places trying to show people who we are, but we're not standing in Christ. And because we're not standing in Christ, we're falling short. And every single time you're standing up saying, I'm this, I'm that, and everything underneath you falls apart. Are we ready? <laughs> okay, perfect. There's some static on the... Uh, Luke 4, this is King James, is that okay? Doesn't matter? No, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> All is well for me. <laughs> first one, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted by, of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it, made, it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into, the, into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomever, whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him into Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region around about. Perfect. I need you, precious. Let's flip this and let's walk through stuff like we walk through stuff. I know, we gotta walk through and we got to slow this down. All of us can say that Jesus lived his life as a spirit-filled individual, choosing not to rely on the source of his divine nature. But he embodied the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Many of us find ourselves living our lives with the source or, or of the natural man, not of the divine nature of God, where we're totally engulfed by the Holy Spirit. We find ourselves in this particular place to whereby we obtain worldly wisdom. And in obtaining worldly wisdom, we tend to execute everything in accordance to the wisdom that we have. But the funny part about the wisdom we have It's only limited because it only can take us so far. And because it can only take us so far, we find ourselves in places of temptation. And a lot of times the areas of temptation is unbeknownst to us. And the main reason why it's unbeknownst to us is because the enemy knows your quest, what you're after. And because he knows what you're after, he's gonna use that to tempt you and cause you to fall short because the natural man can't sustain himself. 
even though we believe we can. I can have a doctrine degree and I still look like I have no wisdom. And the reason why, because I'm only book smart. I'm not allowing the wisdom of God to sustain me. And so as I began to look at this passage and really pay attention to what the Lord was showing me, But when we lean to the Holy Spirit, it allows us to be guided by the power of the Holy Spirit. And no longer are we led by our own wisdom, but we led by the wisdom of God. And the way I was able to look at this particular passage, he stopped to show me my upbringing. There were hard times that I had to endure as a result of my parents. And then when I stopped to see when my mother began to graft in Christ, the times began to change. And then we can see good days ahead. But as long as she was literally leading by her own wisdom, we all suffered alongside of her. I even stopped to look at my own life and I could see my own suffering because I was leaning towards my own personal wisdom. And then when I began to graft Christ into my life, I could see the change that was coming and it was easier for me to stand in the things that I believed in because I know Christ was my source of life. Holy Spirit just said to me, say it to them like this. We all have this compass that we tend to operate under. You guys get it, right? And it tells us stuff. Today my compass says I'm going to conquer the world. And so I'm going to set my guide on that and it's going to give me a road map in my mind that's going to allow me to see that these are the methods to conquering the world. And if I follow them, I'm going to execute on everything. Wow. But somehow, it only leads you to the place. It doesn't tell you how to fully resolve everything within that space. And so what happens? Frustration and a host of things set in on the inside of you. And as these things set in on the inside of you, it's hard to bear, so we find comfort in other places. Get it? We find ourselves finding comfort in other places, and these comforts are only temporarily because nothing can comfort you more than God himself. And the reason why nothing can comfort you more than God himself, because he is the maker. He made you. He really knows how you really tick, but most of us don't know. 
So I then set my gauge and I turn it and I say, this is what I'm going to accomplish today. In the beginning, because my natural wisdom allows me to see individuals for who they are and I know exactly I'm more, or I'll say it like this, I'm much higher than them. And because I'm much higher, I can execute greater than some of those that are around me. But I only can get so far without God. So as he began to show me the first one, I was like, oh my God, and it rocked the, every aspect of me. And so Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And he was led to be tempted after identifying with sinner baptism. Did you get that? He went through the sinner's baptism. Exactly. And then he's led to go through. And so at this particular point, he's identifying with temptation. And so in this, we see that he is a high priest that can truly identify with the temptation that sinners go through. Right. And we always think, 40 days, that ain't real. Nobody can get through 40 days. Because when I look, every time I read that, 40 days, 40 days of intense, intense, okay, temptation. It could not look like what I go through when, when, it, when I'm struggling just to pay a bill. <laughs> 40 days of it? There's no way. It cannot look like the things that I am challenged with by work. Better yet, 40 days of temptation don't even look like a traffic jam. Do you get it? It don't even look like a traffic jam. Because you know in temptation, in your mind, you say, I need to fly over all these cars. And you get off the freeway, you get back on the freeway, you try to go in front of people, and you're still in the same place because you're identified by cars that are still in the same place. And you're thinking you're ahead of the game, but you find yourself in the same place, and that's the way we look at life. We're thinking we're ahead of the game, but then you look at the person alongside of you, and you see that they haven't advanced, neither have you. He said you must see what it looks like. Because you can't advance over temptation if you got to go through. And so there's a season for wilderness for all of us. And there's a season for green pastures for all of us. 
And as I was looking at this message, I said, Lord, wait a minute, because I see some people's seasons for wilderness are longer than their season for pasture, green pasture. And the Lord literally says, because some get stuck there. And why they get stuck there? Because they keep trying to do it their way. And the example that are here is there to show you that it's God's way. And the only way to get through temptation is to follow the path that was laid out in his word. Billy read it. Man should not live by word alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But my words matter. My natural words matter. They only can get you so far. They only can get you so far. And the enemy knows that it can only get you so far. You can only go so far with it. <laughs> Let's go a little bit further. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. There was never a sinful pull or sinful memory in Jesus. And what's a sinful pull? You guys know what a sinful pull, pull looked like on your heart, right? You know, because it, it literally tells you, you can do this. Don't worry about how they feel about this. Just do this. You know what that sinful pool look like, right? Just do this. Okay? And then the memory is something that you've seen somebody else do or something that you recall mounting up on something, and that's that simple memory of whatever. I did this, and I was able to get this. That's how Satan locks you. He takes a sinful memory and a sinful pull of something you could have seen on the TV. You know, because y'all like these TV shows that has these series and series and series and all it's doing is building sin upon sin upon sin because it's teaching you how to be conniving. And the more conniving, the more you run to it. I'm a mount up. No, you're not. You're mounting down. And in many ways, Jesus was more tempted in than 40 days. And the funny part about this one that really rocked me because it makes me see, there's, in this room where you guys believe it or not because we invite Satan to come to the house of God alongside of us. And I think Bradley gave us true understanding last uh, week. We bring Satan in because of the stuff we got going on on the inside of us and then we say, hey, we come to a place 
to where we're desiring the will of God, but many of us, because we have these inner thoughts that we're unable to lay down because he's constantly at war on the inside of us, we bring him and allow him to have a seat in the house. Wow. The word's going forward and the enemy's talking to you. And he may even be saying, this is crazy. This is not what I expected or whatever the case may be. He's going to have you in through the inner man, which allows him to steal from you. He steals from you inside the church. He steals from you outside the church because that's what his job is. Because we are all afraid just to say, Lord, I don't know this. And I cannot do this without you. We're afraid to appear as if we're weak because we think that people will mount up over us. But in your weakness, you are made strong. In your weakness, you overcome temptation because your reliance is not upon yourself, but it's upon the Holy Spirit himself. why we have to be full of him <laughs> of course but it's so funny the only time that we really really allow the Holy Spirit to give to bring forth conviction or change is when we're at the end of ourselves and it takes some of us forever to get the end of ourselves because pride exists. But I love how when you tell somebody you have pride, they say, oh, bah, 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 <laughs> Then you get the greatest justification sermon of all, of how they don't have it. If you got to justify it, you got it. I laugh at that. I don't have this and I don't have this. Why are you standing? A lot of times, as I look at the 40 days, I can't even imagine what Jesus went through. because it never looks like what I'm going through. But it is. Because every day we are challenged to remain in God. And he was challenged by the kingdom of God. And every day we're challenged to truly say, do we believe? And many of us are in that place where we're questioning, is he even real? So as I was looking at this message, I was literally saying, Lord, what about for those who don't hear you right now? 
How do they come into a place of really understanding what this word is saying to them when they don't really hear your voice or they don't hear as rapidly as I hear? He said, but you must say to them that there has to come a time in your life when you have to be willing to surrender all. in order to gain Christ. There has to be a time in your life when you're willing to let go of all in order to gain peace. And in that place where you're looking to surrender all, you have to be in that place where you let go. your heart will pull on the kingdom of God. That's funny. Because your heart pulls on the kingdom of God and says, uh-uh. But the natural man says, no, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. But the heart pulls on the kingdom of God because that's what we're after. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. And even the natural man can't deny it. Because we're all looking to understand why we're here and our purpose for existence. <laughs> Who am I? Why am I here? But the funny part about Satan, he works through our lust. And our lust looks like something from different, different in each one of us. Lust can be a world conqueror. Or lust can be somebody that just really wants to get through the day-to-day -day things. Lust can even look like a bride just trying to please the other person. But our lust looks different in each one of us. And Satan understands what our lustful desires is. And so that's why he comes and he can tempt every single one of us and make us believe that kingdom is not ours. I can entice you with evil. I can entice you with your own desires. Wow. Wow. And so as the Holy Spirit was talking to me, he literally said to me along the lines of, I can't even entice you to be against God. But God can never test or entice us or solicit us in a way that we choose evil. It comes from the inward man. And the inward man desire to be something greater than what God called them to be. But I want to touch on that just a little bit. 
because it's not greater than what God called them to be. What really gets you in this, God set greatness in all of us. In all of us. We all have greatness. And we get a little bit of it, and we want to do something in our natural mind to achieve it. Instead of getting the insight and going to the Lord and saying, how do I achieve this? That's when we come to a place where we identify with the creator. I need you to listen to the Lord. I need you to listen to the Lord. And I need you guys to listen as the message is going forward because it's important that you listen. Uh, when you said the word greatness, this is obviously our, um, our measurement of greatness. But we have to wonder what his measurement of greatness is. Because his measurement of greatness in this realm will be so big, people will see him. You will move a mountain to a sea with just a word. So even our own measurement of greatness is, is far less than what it really should be. But I want to make sure that you guys understand that Satan tempted. Remember, Jesus is with the 12 disciples. And in him being with the 12 disciples, he must at some point in time told them about something so intimate to his soul. And in sharing that, hear what I'm saying. The enemy used it against him. That's why scriptures literally tells us to guard our mouths and be watchful over our words. But a lot of times, excuse me, we're not. And then we tell people our most intimate things about ourselves. And we tell it to anybody. Assuming that everybody is filled with the Spirit and is going to help guide you to the place that you're desiring. And so Jesus was walking in the Spirit and he was led to the wilderness. And where he was tempted. But he was smart enough to know that it was his season of the wilderness. And every single one of us have a season of wilderness, as well as seasons of green pasture. But many of us, the enemy knows how to trip you up. But mankind is known to cry out 
under difficult circumstance. That's why God's word never fails us because he says something as simple as this. You can never be tempted more than you can handle. Because he knows that eventually we're going to cry out and say, okay, I can't do this no more. And we're going to surrender our all and ask for help. You know, we get to the lowest and lowest of ourselves. We're going to ask for help. We're going to ask everybody for help. Okay? That's what Christ puts that assurance for those who are seeking kingdom to really walk under. And so as I was looking at the word, the Holy Spirit was showing me Adam. And the scripture literally said that he could not, that Adam was also tempted. And then I said, as I was looking at this, well, that didn't look like 40 days, right? But then what really got me when I began to stop to look at Adam Speaking of Adam and Eve, if you don't know, Adam had to have the same desire that Eve had. Jesus said that you can eat of all the fruit in the garden, but don't eat this one. And the day that you do eat it, you will come to understand truly what knowledge looked like. And so as I was sitting in the car, the Lord showed me mankind. When you tell mankind not to do something, what do we do? <laughs> we, that's the most important thing. We're interested. So imagine Adam looking at this tree every day. So when Eve came and said, hey, here goes some fruit. He already had a desire on the inside of him because the enemy knew what was warring in his soul. Just like he knows what's wars in you. So it was easy for Eve to say, here, have some. And it was easy for Adam to turn around and say, well, woman gave it to me. I wasn't really interested in it, but she, he had to have a desire on the inside for it. Okay, and so because he had a desire on the inside for it, it was easy to be enticed. But then you want to pull it off and say, oh, it wasn't my fault, wasn't my fault. It was your fault because, number one, you're supposed to be governing the land. But the desires of flesh is all still worn, and you're not talking to the Lord about it. Because we don't tell nobody our deepest secret. That's crazy, right? I don't know why I keep looking at that person. But that person really, God, entices me. We don't say that. We let it come upon us and take over us. And then after we're fully in it, then we're like, ouch! Ouch! 
But we don't say ouch to it, start doing something negative to us. <laughs> Get it? That's when we scream, ouch, ouch, ouch. But then the sad part about it, we stay engaged with it. So let's go to the first temptation, Precious. Can you go over the first temptation again? Just the first. Verse 3. <laughs> the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Okay. So when you go back and you look at that, so you would say, he's 40 days. The father is totally unfair, right? He knows his son is hungry, okay? And he's at a point of devastation. He would eat anything, okay, in this particular place. Hopefully you hear me. He would eat anything in this point. When you're desperate, you eat anything. You'll take on anything. You'll try anything. And God's going to allow it. Because he wants to see what you're made of. Because many of us confess the kingdom of God, and he really wants to see what you're made of. But also, God allows it because he knows that you can't endure. He knows eventually you're going to do the right thing and you're going to overcome. I love that. And so the father allowed Jesus to go through it because he knew that he would have victory. And the father allows you to go through certain things because he knows that eventually you will have victory. Some of them are easy wins, but other ones are sometimes a little bit harder win because we recognize we will touch it first and then we recognize that it's causing us something and then what do we do? We back away from it. And if you really stop to look at it, he was in a place to whereby the first temptation, he was really in critical need of food. But he understood true fulfillment that man should not, what, Precious? What did it say? How he responded to it? Man shall not live on bread alone. And Jesus understood it wasn't about a full stomach. It was about being filled with him, filled with the Father, filled with the Spirit, 
he understood having a full stomach but deprived of the spirit. And many of us have full stomachs, but we deprive the spirit of God from flowing through us. This speaks of your own wealth. You have a full stomach, but you deprive the spirit of God from flowing through you. And even having a full stomach, you're still not satisfied. Because the spirit man is still deprived. Because it's empty. If you are the son of God, this could be more aptly translated since you are the son of God. Did you guys get it? Yeah. It's not if you are, since you are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. Satan didn't doubt who Jesus was, but instead, he focused in on his identity. Satan doesn't doubt who you are. He focuses in on your identity. And many of us don't know who we are. So it's easy to suggest, suggest something different. When I don't know who I am, I can suggest anything, right? I can even have people tell me, you stupid, and I believe it. Yeah. Because I don't know who I am. And have anybody ever said you're stupid? And you say, I ain't stupid. To even answer it, it's stupid. <laughs> because if you know who you are, that's not even a word that you would even have a comeback on. Yeah. Jesus challenged, Jesus was challenging his identity. And in, in, in challenge his identity, just like we are challenging our identity, if you are the sons of God. Display it. If you are the son of God, display it. Get it? And sometimes we try to display it by pulling on the Holy Spirit and trying to make God do some of the stuff that we desire. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's deep, huh? Because I've seen that one in me. Like, Lord, show them I'm real. What do you want to say to them? Okay, say this to them. Say that to them. What do you want to say to them? Show them that you're real. That's our pull. So the pull was this, since you are the Messiah, why are you deprived? But that's, let's look past the Messiah, since you are the child of God, mm -hmm. why are you deprived? 
You belong to the, to the kingdom. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Why are you deprived? Why isn't God answering your prayers fast enough? Didn't he promise me this? Oh, wow. The Bible teaches us clearly that the activity of evil is always around us. And uh, the activity of evil, some of us call the devil but sometimes the activity of evil, some of us call people. And many other things we call them. And if you are the son of God, this could be more accurately translated since you are sons of God. Satan didn't suggest to doubt that in Jesus. Instead, he challenged Jesus' identity. And the way he gets us, if you are the son of God, sons of God, why is things so tough for you? Why is things so tough for you? You sons of God. You're supposed to live a life of luxury. Why are things so tough for you? And our answer is that we all are tempted. But our answer has been, oh yeah, I'm supposed to have a life of luxury. But for this house, we all know that if we're not walking in a place that God is readily moving through us and that the world, the way it is, ain't going to change, it's going to get worse. So we're not trying to find comfort. We're steadily seeking the will of God in these places. He said, go forward. I don't want to go through all of them because he really just wanted me to focus in on the first thing. And the most important thing that he wanted me to say to you guys, You must come to a place where you truly know who you are. Because nothing else matters. 
if you don't get your identity. There's been many times as a leader, as a pastor, I know the Lord has called me as a pastor. And I have said over and over and over to him, that's not who I am. And the reason why me looking at these things and saying what I'm not is because of what I've seen others look like. And not only because of what I've seen others, how they look. I disqualified myself in many areas of my life because I didn't see that I was the way I felt like I was supposed to be. I had my own way of looking at me and because I didn't look like what I classified a pastor should look like, I literally said, Lord, that's not who I am. And I made it a point to say to him who I wanted to be. Hopefully you guys hear me. And in that place where I made it a point to say who I wanted to be, I said, this is better for me because of this. But I didn't realize what I wanted to be was just as difficult as being a pastor. You can't go to the other temptations and overcome them if you haven't figured out who you are. So how do I bring you into the understanding of what kingdom looked like when you don't even know who you are? How do I get you to embrace kingdom and how do I get you to understand that you standing on a mountain and showing yourself and allowing others to worship you is of no value if you don't even understand who you are? And the reason why you don't understand who you are, because you keep measuring yourself among those around you. And you're afraid to surrender all to the Father so that he can tell you why he created you for this time, this season, and why you're here. Yes, you're different, because that's another thing. But I'm different from everybody else. Yes, you are. But you're made in his image, and the image that he seeks to display through you, you have to surrender your own to understand it. I always ask to the Lord, why is it that everybody runs to these other religions? Because there's a form of accountability that comes with this religion. And with all the others, there's no accountability. And so therefore, you can be whatever king you want to be. And you can do whatever you want. But in his house, you got to serve him. And you have to come into who you are. I spend 
a lifetime trying to raise my children to know who they are. I speak of you guys. And many times I get frustrated because I recognize that no matter how much I'm saying, no, you're this, no, you're this, you keep running over here. And in running to these other places, I feel like in my own that I'm not doing my job. And so in that place, I get frustrated. Because I know I'm accountable for the sheep. But the Lord assures me that I'm not accountable when you run away. When you want to do what you want to do. My only accountability is to show you the way. And you have to choose it. A lot of times when I talk to my oldest daughter, it took me a long time to get her to understand her identity and I'm putting her on the spot. And in putting her on the spot, I make you laugh. Because she said, I am a bride. But to understand what a bride is, is truly the bride of Christ. And that's someone that's willing to lay down their life and truly endure everything that Christ himself endured for the sake of others. Did you hear me? Yeah. For the sake of others. It doesn't mean to get at the altar and you say a vow and you say, I pledge my life to this gentleman or I pledge my life to this woman. And in that pledge, you're just like, oh gosh, we're one. It's much more. And the funny part about it is when you're in Christ, you're pledging all the time. Don't you get it? Every day you're pledging, Lord, okay, I promise you I'm going to get through this. I promise you I'm going to do this. I promise you I'm going to do this. And you're constantly pledging your all because your allegiance is to the kingdom. And so therefore, because your allegiance is to the kingdom, you're saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Not what I desire, but what you desire shall come forward. And in this place where the bride exists, she no longer looks at herself. She looks to please her maker. Do not you see? Do not you see? Will you answer the call that exists on the inside of you and truly become what the maker has called you to be? 
Or will you stand in a place of wilderness, desiring to be something? that does not produce the fruits that God has called for you to produce. Holy Spirit says to me, will you hear me? Will you hear me? Will you hear me? And if you hear me, will you surrender? He said, will you end the starvation in your own life as a result of your not clinging to me? Because the first thing is about the starvation and your spiritual man is starving because it has not taken on its true identity. So every day you hunger for more, but yet you're being fed the same substance, and the substance is there to kill you off. Cry out to the Lord, for he cares for you. He said, come away from the place of fasting and be nourished in me. For I hunger for you as much as you hunger for me. He said, hear me as I rest upon your heart and understand I am the way. I am the way, I am the way, see that I am the way. And he says, and there are other doors you can go through, but they will not produce. For I am the way, I am the way. Now I can push it. So we've heard everything Pastor said, and... We heard Billy read, I read, and <laughs> I haven't even left verse one, barely. And the reason why is for a lot of us here, the Lord posed three things to me. And the first one is, do you even know who you are? The second thing is, are you full of the Holy Spirit? The third thing is, do you even believe you're to go through a wilderness? So before we can even get through all this other stuff, we have to first do those first three things. And I think Bradley has a little bit more to that. <laughs> it might be. Let's see. 
we are all at this moment holding something on our hearts that we won't let go of. The further song you had played before, we started with something like, I'm sorry, I will give this up. I will surrender this. You are the only thing that matters right now in the spirit. I know for a fact that we all are holding something on our hearts that we don't want to let go of. Even if it's a call in our life that he has called us to or an identity or something he has showed us, we are, we are taking that and saying, no, I want it to look like this and we need to be willing to let go of that because we are forming it out of our own wisdom like she also brought up. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. How can you, by your wisdom, build the house of God? This type of understanding does not even come by the normal means. It comes by beholding. The normal way in which we receive understanding or knowledge or desire to is fashioned after the habit of this world entering into our minds and sometimes our soul and our spirit. But the way in which our identity, which is his image, which is how our house is built, Adam and Eve were given the false thing. Take this and you will have knowledge. You will, oh, your eyes will be open. Like, let our eyes be enlightened to the hope of our calling. is very similar, right? To the image of them being having wisdom, which also interprets as judges. We are to judge angels, do you know not? We are to judge his courts, do you know not? We are to judge this earth, do you know this not? These are all scriptural things. So the way in which we must receive this type of formative wisdom and understanding can only come from not wishing to receive understanding or knowledge, but beholding him in this place and letting go of even the things he has given us or has told us because we're holding on to it with our old understanding or wineskin. We must continually surrender these things and be completely nothing. The earth, the earth was formless and void. We must come back to the formless and void so that he can speak his vibrational voice into that wisdom and understanding that will build and establish our house, which we then can judge the realms. So even ask now, what am I holding on to in my heart that I so cherish and say, ah, I must get this this way, otherwise I will deem myself unimportant because that's how the world measures things or the church measures things. Greatness. I speak to those who are listening. I pray that the will of God continues to elevate you. I pray that his perfect and divine will go forward in you. And that, again, the first temptation of all is to really come to that place of understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus. We can't even begin again to look at all the other things that went on until we begin to understand who we are and the need for Christ Jesus in our lives. Holy Spirit, even now, as you have directed me to pray for them, the only thing that stands strong and true today and that they must embrace 
Christ, our Lord, our Savior. And so my prayer is that you receive and you accept the fullness of Christ, your Lord and Savior this day. And you're no longer seeking to operate in your will, but you're literally embracing who he says you are. And it's not just an office. I want to make sure that I say that. Because it's more than just an office. It's how he sees you. And how he sees you is the beginning where the enemy can no longer call you out and speak false things to you concerning you. And so I pray even now that the wisdom of the Lord may rest upon you and that he may keep you in your identity. And that as he keeps you in him, that you will prosper in all ways. I ask that you be blessed and a blessing to those around you. In Jesus' name, I pray. See you soon. And then I turn to those who are here. And as I was looking to this message, I had a heart's cry. And because my heart began to cry out to the Lord for every single time the enemy has deceived me to believe that I could not be who the Lord had called me to be. I'm not only speaking from a pastoral position, but I'm speaking of an individual position. where I hear thoughts within me that speaks against who I am. That makes me believe that I'm not more than a conqueror. And I'm more than a conqueror because he is inside of me. I'm not taking on the world's identity, but I'm taking on his identity. And so I stop and I say to the Lord in the spirit, And I interpret it for those who are don't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying, Lord, by your power, by your might, by your understanding, help us. Even now, touch the hearts of your people. That they may fully choose you. And he says, have the people to stand. Can we all stand?
Holy Spirit says to me to say to my people, because he calls each one of you his. In the place where you're standing, you're literally just crying out to the Lord, asking for help. And you're literally looking at how far you've come. And now you're saying, Lord, I'm releasing my life over into your hands so that you can carry me further. And I'm going to embrace my identity. And how I'm embracing my identity is recognizing that the sonship relationship that I have with the Father. Get it? I'm a daughter of the Most High. You're the son of the Most High God. So you're embracing the relationship, and as you embrace the relationship, you're crying out to your Father, and you're literally saying, help. Nothing else is needed. Nothing else is needed. Because we know some of us are so wordy that we miss God. We would be in to talk, but all you're literally saying is help. Where Satan sought to entice Jesus to use the power of God for his own selfish purpose. And the temptation to eat something inappropriate. Work well for the first sinless man. So the devil thought to try him because it didn't work. He sought to come after him in a different way because it didn't work. But one thing I can truly say to each of you, the craftiness of the words that Satan uses against us literally continues to go forward. I love how he said, if you be the sons of God. So he already know that each one of you are called as the sons of God. And he's literally trying to get you not to be what the creator has spoken forth. And the way he gets you, he says, well, with Christ Jesus, there's too many restrictions. So you go on and do your own thing because your own thing matters. Everybody loves balance. At least I do. And so Christ Jesus is that balance that each human being needs so they don't fall off. 
And so even in the place that he has sought to cause you to deny the Father, reinstate your position with him by simply saying, Lord, I believe. Better yet, confess him again as your Lord and personal Savior because one thing I know about him, he is married to the backslider and the backslider, whether you believe it or not, continues to cry out. And embrace the forgiveness that the Lord is offering in this room today. And ask him for help. me that you reach towards me my children that you reach towards me and as you reach I will uplift you up out of the places where you've been and I will bring you into the places that I have called forth and he says and yes and yes and yes and I say yes to you that the struggle in which you've been in, I shall lift off of you. Because you have chosen me, and I am thy Lord. And the sonship relationship, I have mended. And he said, come forward, embrace, embrace, embrace. And so I lead you into the simplest prayer, Father God, even right now where I stand, I surrender my all. Have your way in me. Create in me all that you desire. And for everything that I possess, I surrender to you that you may have your will, your way. Your greatness, not mine. Your purpose, not mine. For I embrace my identity with you. Take me up higher, Take me up higher. into the secluded.
And Lord, I repent this day for denying our sonship relationship. And I stand in the authority of your word as a conquering force against the works of the enemy. And I no longer are held in bondage by the falsity of his words. But I embrace you. And you alone. In Jesus' name. I pray. Well, and if you have said these words, wow, welcome back. <laughs> and so I can call the teachers teachers, and I can call the pastors pastors, and I can call the evangelists evangelists, because they will hear. I can call the entrepreneurs prosperous, because they know that their prosperity lies in Christ. Did you guys hear? And I can call the prosperous prosperous because their prosperity is in Christ. Lord, I praise you for your word. I praise you for your blessings. But I praise you that the people's hearts were open to hear what you had to say today. Wow. In Bible study, I'm going to go over the other two because I'm like, Lord, they got to hear the other two. <laughs> but he only wanted to focus on your identity. And so I praise God and ask that each one of you be blessed in a blessing. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Amen. Of course. Can we pray for the... If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.